let's see. We are up to, so we were up to uh, footnote number 11, which is speaking about what we read on page 79, which is talking about how God's fatherly education speaks to us through our own experiences, okay? So Rabbi Elias over here on page 87, footnote number 11, he goes off into a little bit of a tangent. It's a very important tangent because it's very insightful in terms of a critical point that Rav Hirsch argues on with many of the other Jewish thinkers or um, uh, philosophers, if you, if you will. So Rabbi Shamshin Rafal Hirsch might appear to have a rather impersonal and formal approach to Judaism. After all, he stresses that it is centered on observance of the law passed down from generation to generation as the result of our national objective historical experience, right? So he seems to be focused on, on just the idea of the fact that we follow the law, right? The dry law, That's, that seems to be his approach to Judaism. Yet to assume so is to misread him. In the first place, observance of the mitzvot is not a formalistic duty, but a means of coming close to God through loving obedience to his will. Moreover, even when man fails to do his duty, God is not just a stern judge, but in the words of this letter, a father and a teacher who guides us through our experiences. In that sense, there is a constant personal encounter and indeed a deep and intimate relationship. Okay? So if, if, if you are a, a Yeki, right? A Yeki is the, these Jews of, uh, of German heritage, right? And Rav Hirsch was uh, first and foremost a Yeki and very punctilious in not just observance of the mitzvot, but in general observance of personal commitments, right? So one thing that the Yekis are, they are always on time for everything, right? You can never come late to anything that a Yeki is making. Generally speaking, we say Jewish time. A Jewish time means, okay, it says the wedding's supposed to start at this time and it really is gonna start a half hour later minimum. But at a Yeki wedding, it starts exactly on time, right? So they're very punctilious about all of their observances. Right? And sometimes it can seem very dry and it doesn't have the same you know, joy in, in, in their observances. So he's, he's trying to tell us that, and as we see in this letter, Rav Hirsch is focused on the nature of the relationship between God and man. It is the nature of a father and son relationship. It is true that we need an objective revelation to acquaint us with the Torah, but there is an inner awareness of God through our soul. This is a very important idea. Actually, just yesterday, I was teaching mitzvah number 25. Okay, mitzvah number 25 is the obligation to believe in Hashem. And what I discussed at great length is the famous dispute between the Rambam on the one hand and uh, Rabbi Huda Halevi on the other hand. And the dispute really lies in, is the best way to achieve belief in Hashem an intellectual enterprise where you can work with the idea of what the primary cause of every other cause is, and that would be the way to develop a belief in Hashem, right? So purely intellectual, a logical achievement. Or is it just to know deep in your heart that Hashem exists and that there has to be a creator for the world? And Rabbi Huda Levi says the highest level will be when you just know it. You know it and there's no way that you could be wrong. Why? I just know that this is true. If you ask someone to prove logically, can you prove that any other person exists? Ask someone to write a logical proof for that. It's going to be very difficult, right? But yet we all know that we, other people exist. 
right? So according to Rabbi Yehuda Levi, the highest way of understanding or knowing that Hashem exists is that which comes deep in your heart from your intuition. But according to the Rambam, absolutely not. That's the weak level. That's for people who aren't able to achieve true abstract thought. And for those who are able to achieve true abstract thought, the highest level of proof of Hashem is that which you can come to from a logical perspective. Okay? So Rev Hirsch certainly believes in the idea of there being an inner awareness of God that we achieve through the fact that we have a soul, which is a part of God that is placed within us. Rabbi Shabshir Rafal Hirsch repeatedly states his opposition to the efforts of philosophers to depersonalize God by reducing him to a rarefied idea, denying that we can make any positive statements about him, and doing away with any and all anthropomorphisms to describe God. So he's really taking aim once again at the Rambam. What the Rambam writes in the Guide to the Perplexed, what the Rambam writes is that anytime we describe Hashem as using a hand, right? In this week's Torah portion, Parshat B'Shalach, we're going to talk about the splitting of the sea. And we're going to talk about Hashem uses his, the strength of his hand, right? To, to defeat the Egyptians. So the Rambam says, do you think it means that Hashem reaches his hand down onto earth? Of course not. This is an anthropomorphism. And the Rambam explains at great length how we have to completely depersonalize the idea of Hashem. Rev. Hirsch recognized the difficulties in doing so and the challenges of achieving this idea of being a completely abstract unit and only something that exists in your mind, which is what the Rambam advocated for, that that leads to difficulty for the vast majority of people. And it's far more difficult for them to actually connect to and develop a relationship with something that is purely abstract. And for most people, they need to have that picture in their mind, right? You know, so when I was a kid, what did I think Hashem looked like? I, I had a picture in my mind what Hashem looked like. You know, he was, he was an old man with a long white beard, a very angelic visage, right? I think that's probably what most of us had when we were very young, right? Hopefully. I might have told you guys once, but my, my sister is a psychologist. And um, she, her thesis was actually about the way people relate to their dad subconsciously becomes exactly how they think of Hashem and the nature of the relationship with Hashem. It literally is based on the nature of the relationship that they have with their father. You know, that's, that's how they sort of project it, right? So, but the, the thing is that that's actually a good thing, according to Rav Hirsch, because the more we can sort of engage in that behavior, the more we're able to make something real and something palpable, right? So, Anochi, so now he's quoting Rav Hirsch, Anochi proclaims the speaker as that person who is intentionally near to the one addressed who comprehends and hears and keeps him, through whose personality the one who is addressed really received his personal existence and his standing. Aware of the overwhelming power of God's reign in this world, we may feel insignificant and lost, but it is wrong to feel that way. Seek God not in the harmony of the planets, in the thunder of the universe. For those whose hearts yearn for God, whose minds seek him, God remains unfailingly willing at each moment to shape a new world, a new life, and a new future, okay? So this is what Rev Hirsch believes. This is a quote from Collected Works, right? So Rev Hirsch said that there is a danger in thinking of God as too much, as giving him too much human body. Rev Hirsch agrees to the Rambam that there is an innate danger in that. When we read about God getting angry in the Torah, right? The Rambam addresses, and most people have to address this. What does it mean that God gets angry? Does God have emotions, right? 
So the Rambam says, of course, God doesn't get angry in the sense of a human getting angry, whether disappointed or frustrated. God doesn't have those types of emotions. God is above time. So the whole idea doesn't really exist when you're above time, right? So it's just trying to express it in a way that we can relate to. So the question is really, where do you draw that scale of saying, we want to try to think of God as a human, not human, God forbid, but as somewhat like human uh, characteristics, and then how far away do we want to make him completely abstract? And because Rav Hirsch was coming to address the movement that is based on Mendelssohn's thought, who himself was a Orthodox Jew, but because he was such a deep, profound believer in the Rambam's perspective, and many people took that and ran with it, and the reform movement was an offshoot of that philosophy. So Rev Hirsch certainly came to fight against this with all of his might, and he was very mighty indeed. And that's why he constantly is making this point that we cannot completely divorce God from any sort of actual uh, existence and relationship that we can actually appreciate. It cannot be completely abstract. That's not the way to do things. Okay.